Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of the Good Bit Podcast. Thank you very much for your time this week and what a film we're chatting about today. For the first time in a while actually, we're not necessarily chatting about someone's favourite film of all time. We're going to chat about a film that we've both watched recently that we both really enjoyed and it is a brand new Disney film. It's available to watch on Disney Plus and I believe it was in cinemas as well. I'm actually gutted that I never saw it in cinemas. And it is Encanto. And this week's guest, one of my favourite people... It's Rachel Keeler. How you doing, pal? I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> right, cause, because, right, I've got a wee bit of imp- imposter syndrome. <laughs> See, look, I'm nervous. I've already swore on the podcast. It's <laughs> all right, you can swear as much as you want. Um, I've got a wee bit of imposter syndrome because I'm not that much a movie buff. Right. And I know you are. And obviously your whole podcast is to do with films. And so when you asked me to be on it, I was a bit like, oh, why is he asking me? Like, I'm not I'm not the person for this. Um, and then I thought, no, Chris is a good pal and uh, you're doing really well with it and stuff. So, and well, I, I asked you, you know, because I didn't think, oh, do you know who's a brilliant movie buff, Rachel Keeler? Do you know what I mean? Um, but like, I don't think that way to anybody. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. I, I, good, to, good to chat to you and stuff and catch no. up. Totally, but yeah, I do have a wee bit of imposter syndrome just being here. Uh, I know, so well, yeah, I'm a wee bit nervous. So if I, <laughs> if I swear or say anything inappropriate, I mean, like, how much can you edit out? Like, is this that? Well, we're currently live across the world. No, I can edit anything you want. <laughs> anyone. Okay, so. so if I really, really fuck up, I can say exactly. Uh, but at the same time, what are you gonna, what are you gonna say? What are you gonna I don't say? Know. Well, last time I spoke to you was, uh, I don't know. Got to be over a year ago now. We had to wee catch up. I think pure like mid COVID, and mm-hmm. I think you were still pregnant. <laughs> yeah, probably. You're yeah, I, it's funny because we obviously went to uni together and seen each other yeah. like every day, and then it was like we graduated and went into the world of work, and then only a couple of years later, it was like the world shut down for ages. So, I it feels like it's been actual yeah. forever since I seen you in person. Well, anyway, I don't know about you, but like I feel like just after we left college and uni and stuff like that it was like I was just getting the hang of everything I was kind of getting mm-hmm. my groove and then it was everything shut down again and at the time I was like oh but it might be nice to take a wee, a wee couple of weeks off but not, little did we know it was so long um but it's also I mean it's obviously because you live so far away and stuff um I'm yet to yeah. yet to see you and and meet your child How how's mother life it's good it's mental like yeah. actual mental like it's that thing of like nothing can nothing that anyone says can actually prepare you for what's about to happen um so yeah you could i, I was like i'm trying to explain it to you but there, there's no words really to, to explain how mad it is like it, it is honestly like the best thing but it's also yeah. like the hardest thing i've ever done in my whole life i can imagine um, I, think you, I always thought you'd be a good mum do you know what i mean you'd be you'd get yeah, your class. I, mean, I i mean i'm a i'm a uh yeah I You're always have a mum as well, yeah, but yeah. it's just like, um, you know, changing nappies and all that's fine. It's just like the total paradox, is that the right word? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Of like, oh, missing them so much, but also really needing time to yourself. <laughs> or like, you know, having the mum guilt, like, that this is this thing that got thrown about before I had a child that didn't understand, and now I do, it's like... You know, somebody will say to you, I'll babysit so that you can go and get a coffee with a pal. And you're like, mm-hmm. yes, that'd be amazing. And then the minute you leave the house, you feel terrible for leaving them. And then you have to, like, try and, like, overcome that to, like, get to the coffee shop. And then you yep. meet your pal and it's totally fine. And then you go back and it's, you know, it's fine. But just so much, like, emotions that you go through. And 
yeah that's that's the hardest part is like um navigating all the sort of inner turmoil and um yeah but actually like they're amazing like they're funny and i mean he's <laughs> at this stage now where he's trying to walk and he's talking and saying words and like every day oh. just surprising so surprising every day so it's such a fun stage he's just turned one so i'm really enjoying this stage um but yeah it's also mental <laughs> but also uh, like i think when you have a baby mm-hmm. like you you do change right like i'm talking to you and i probably don't seem any different to how you course, know me yeah. so i'm still me but like a whole other part of me has been born since since uh having a child and it's so weird because you feel the same it's it's kind of like you know that feeling when you think about being 18 even though you're not 18 anymore you still yeah. sort of feel like you could still be 18 yeah. even though you're much more older and wiser and you know but you still feel like that same person it's the same thing you still feel like the same person but yeah so much of you has changed and and uh yeah so it's just mad it's I like, even once, but like it. I think the the saying is like as soon as you have a child, it's like nothing else matters, you know. And it's like uh, you were the most important thing in your life before, and now it's like totally changed, you know. Yeah, um, or like you maybe you maybe sort of prioritised your partner and a couple of pals, right. and, and you know your immediate family to a certain point. But yeah, you ultimately come first, and your needs and stuff, and then they come along, and it's like. Yeah, your yeah. needs go right out the window, and actually, that's been one of the biggest challenges for me. Of course, as sort of working out how do you meet your own needs so mm-hmm. that you can be a good parent and you know work and have a social life and all of that stuff that still matters, but also like put them first because I I got stuck for a while in a sort of habit of just putting baby first all the time, mm-hmm. and you know I got to a point where actually. I started to suffer because I hadn't had time to see friends or I hadn't been to the gym or I hadn't cooked a really nice meal for myself. It'd all just been, you know, baby, baby, baby. And yeah, it's just a thing you have to learn, I suppose. Um, But that was one of the biggest challenges was just going, right, okay, (laughs) I need to sleep or I need to do that or whatever. Absolutely. and allow yourself to do that and to not feel bad about it is, yeah. is a big thing. But again, yeah. it's one of those things that everybody can tell you that before you've had a child. Everybody can say, make sure, you know, that you you get time to yourself and you do this and you go, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever. Um, but then actually you realise, yeah. oh, no, no, that was really important. I mean, you it's know, like... It's not as big of a deal, and it's I guess it's a wee bit connected. But in terms of like um, when we were doing our shows and the auditions and stuff when we were at uni together, I know a lot of people who are going through that right now, and mm. like people who are really close to me and stuff. And I'm speaking to them like, um, you, you need to enjoy it, and you need to really make sure you take your time and embrace every moment <laughs> and every audition because you don't know when your next one will be, and mm-hmm. um, you're going to be on stage and stuff. And it's like just something that you were told when you were doing it, you know, like embrace every moment, take your time and stuff. And you think you do it, but then when you leave, you go, oh, I remember when we did all those shows and like i'd yeah. love to go back and do that you know yeah, so it's, it's kind of the same it's sort one of the things of life i think it doesn't matter whether it's having a child or like you say auditions or even yeah. going on holiday or whatever like right it, it's like you never actually fully just 
appreciate that you're on holiday it's like oh will we go for a walk or will we go and blah 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 it's like and then you look back and go I just wish I relaxed a wee bit more or or I wish I did this or I wish I did that I wonder if that ever changes like I wonder if you get to a point in life where you do just sort of uh, you've, you've had a child for so long, you just kind of get into like that kind of routine, you know. <laughs> Who knows, man? Honestly. Well, have you got any holidays planned this year? I don't know if that's going to be even a possibility for you, but are you going to try yeah, and get? Yeah, I do. I do. I've got uh, a holiday to Greece in July. Um, Robbie, my partner's friend, is getting married. Lovely. In Greece, so and it's been postponed for you know a million years because of, of the pandemic. So, um, we thought. You know, we can't afford a family holiday and to go on that, but could we try and make it our family holiday and also get to the wedding? So we're doing that. It was actually quite cheap um, to go. So me, Robbie and River are going to Greece, going to Rhodes in July and the wedding's like one day out of the week and then the rest of the time we'll be hopefully having some nice family time in the sun and chucking River in the pool and... (laughs) Ice cream and I. I was it. hoping like maybe the wedding was like no babies allowed, right? No kids whatsoever, and you're like, well, <laughs> we'll just take a week then. <laughs> well, I'm bringing my Wayne. No, uh, so our other friends are going as well with their two right, kids. Okay, I'm so sure that's great. We won't be the only ones. We won't be that annoying couple with a baby that like ruins everybody's fun. We uh, obviously not. Our no. pals will be there with their two kids, and they'll yeah, ruin everyone's. They fun, were, so. They'll probably be happy to see you too. Do you know what I mean? So I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think they're buzzing that we're going. So we were looking at booking holidays. Um, this is me and Iona, my girlfriend. We've uh, yeah. like we've not been away together obviously the past couple of years, and we were thinking we're going to go our first our first holiday away together. Let's go somewhere really good. Um, Iona suggested Greece as well, going to Rhodes and stuff like that. She's never found something for us. I suggested Portugal. She wasn't really keen on Portugal, so I I really wanted to like go somewhere that I've never been before, make it like an adventure. You know, like, here we go, big first thing. Uh, but then we were looking at all the holidays and stuff, and you know how it is. One thing just leads to another. It all looks kind of the same after a while. And uh, we've ended up booking a hotel in Gran Canaria that I went to two years ago, so I'm going back to the exact same place. No. <laughs> the exact same hotel. <laughs> Wait, did you not go to, like, Hard Rock Cafe Hotel? Aye, in uh, Tenerife. All oh, right, okay. Aye, Hard Rock Hotel in Tenerife. Good memory. Um, I know. That just, just aye, came that to me. Um, uh, that was so amazing. That was, that was an amazing hotel, that one. Well, at least when you go, you'll know all the good spots. That's what I'm thinking. You know, uh, you don't have that slight anxiety of are we going to turn up and it's going to be a shithole. Right. Like, you know that it's, uh, you know that it's decent. Nice uh, and like clean. the food's nice and it's local to lots of like nightlife stuff and that. So I was like, yeah, we'll go there. So that's Perfect. what that's coming up and it's right after my birthday as well, which is late August. So it just seems miles away now. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, just good. Such yeah. a busy time right now, which is great, and I'm very happy for that. <laughs> After the couple of years we've had, I'm very grateful for the fact that we do have such a busy time. But um, it means that on days off like this, we can spend uh, doing more stuff, recording. Yeah, and that. Good. Um, what about so in terms of podcasts? I feel like this is now going to be like my new question. I'm going to ask people: Are you a, are you a podcast gal? Do you listen to any podcasts? Um, I do and I don't. I I kind of fall in and out of them. It's weird, um, isn't it? So I'll find one that I really like, and then it'll be like, you know, I'll listen to it every day until it runs out or whatever, mm. and then I'll not listen to them for ages. But um, I would say I am, a, I am a podcast person, but I'm not like a mad podcast person. So I like to listen to I'm Grandmam. Oh, yeah. Which is two Irish 
guys uh, who just have a laugh. They're just a riot, basically. And they just talk chat about their lives. And it's so funny. And it's not a podcast, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, so I like that one. Um, I, I do kind of want to get into, like, sounds weird but like my friend listens to like ghosty ones like weird ghost stories big time yeah like kind of yeah. like um not even just ghost stories but like murder mysteries and stuff people yeah do that i don't know if i can do the murder mysteries but <laughs> i maybe stretch to the ghost stuff because i find that really interesting but I murder stuff i'm like because robbie my partner works away i'm like i will be that murderer's next victim like my oh man right okay i get you wild so i can't i can't like <laughs> actually can't watch horror films either um, yeah, I mean, it. Um, because my imagination just runs wild I don't sleep for about three nights until I've sort of forgotten about it um, yeah and now with a child on top of that it's just even worse I think so yeah. I'm not I'm not a horror fan fair enough I wish I was because I find them exciting I, I'm not a horror fan I've never have been and I think it's because I don't like being scared you know people like that thrill mm. of like oh the jump and that was so funny but it's just me I'm like nope don't even come near me do you know what I mean like I just want either a funny film yeah. Um, a nice thriller that you can really get into, or a nice, like, light-hearted Disney film or something. That'll do me. I don't need yeah. to be scared. Yeah, that, I'm kind of like that. I love a thriller. I love my heart beating, and I yeah. love, like, suspense, and I love, you know, I don't mind getting a fright, but even <laughs> I'm genuinely terrified, yep. uh, you know, that I'm going to get murdered in my sleep tonight or whatever, like, that's just no fun for anybody. No, I don't know why. But, I mean, that's a whole genre, isn't it? Like, the, like, the absolute terrifying films yeah. that people just love to do yeah, horror fest and all that it. stuff yeah um well let's talk about how we met then so we ended up as you said went to uni together and we did a couple of shows together mm-hmm. um we did it in late 2017 and then i think there was one in 2018 as well we might have done a few other things um how how do you look back on those times is it fond times fond memories doing those shows yeah absolutely like it's like you say at the time you're all like worked up about it and yeah you know, it's such a big deal. And then you look back and you think, oh, God, I wish I just enjoyed that a wee bit more. Or I wish yeah. I wasn't so hard on myself. Or, you know, I'm my own worst critic. So I would spend a lot of time, like, thinking I wasn't good enough and blah, blah, blah. And I just actually wish I enjoyed it a wee bit more. Having said that, I did really enjoy myself. Yeah. Um, you know, and I went I went and did the year at um, Motherwell slash New College Lanarkshire slightly older so I'd already done my HND That's right, at yeah. 18 and 19 and then I took a couple of years worked and then went back so a slight I had a slight appreciation for it because I had gone back as not a mature student but slightly mature student yeah. um but yeah I still yeah just just the best days you're just getting to perform every day you're getting to act it's crazy, isn't it? to work with people and um yeah it's just it's just great it's funny on Facebook when you get those like anniversary things like on two years ago this day and stuff and like we're promoting the shows and stuff and I was like, oh man, remember those days when you were like oh. trying to promote the shows in rehearsals every day and stuff. Um, like the new ones that are coming out just now that are just uh, doing their BA show this year, the tickets have just gone on sale um, for whatever their productions is this year. It's Vanity Fair and Jane Eyre. So it's like really oh, yeah. serious plays, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Um, uh-huh. So they're on sale now. So I was like, I'm going to go back and see them. You know uh-huh. what I mean? It's the first time, really. You know? Yeah, and I think because of the pandemic as well, it's really important to support sort of new emerging talent because we've not had, a lot of people haven't had a chance to showcase and do all that stuff as well. So, yeah, I, I really hope that 
the sort of industry get, gets behind all the showcases and especially the colleges and the unis that aren't, you know, a drama school and aren't the yeah. RCS because there's so much talent that comes out of these places as well, but they just don't get the sort of support and the turnout at their industry showcases that they should get, really. I mean, we were quite lucky. I, I, we did get quite a good yeah, we did. Uh, turnout, but I just hope that now after the pandemic, with things opening back up, that, that that's People will be keen really... to go and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw Ian Greve the other night, and I told him that I was coming to speak to you today, and he was like, oh, oh make yeah. sure you tell her I was asking for it. You know, the way oh, he's you know, yeah. rolling his sleeves up and stuff and getting in about. So uh, he's still exactly yeah. the same. He's still exactly yeah, the same. So he's around, so he, uh, he loves, like, the James Bond films. And uh-huh. uh, I recently got, like, all the, the Bond films on DVD, so I was like, I'm going to do them on the podcast. I've never seen them before. And I said, right, okay, Ian's the man for it. I said to him, do you want to come on and do the Bond films? So he's, like, went above and beyond. He's like, oh, I've just read all the books again. And uh, I've written things. I've I've got episode plans for you and stuff like that. And I was like, Great. don't need to do anything well, about wasn't it. Wasn't it Ian that sort of inspired you to do this? Kind of. No, not necessarily Ian. He helped me along the way a big right. a lot. But I think I had a podcast beforehand, uh-huh. um, and then he before I really met him and stuff like that. And then he started one with Gregor Duncan, and I was like, I, I'd never really talked about a podcast before. I was like, it's my kind of business, or whatever. And then uh-huh. when he was bringing it up in college, I was like, oh, me too. And then we kind of bonded over that. So right, we kind of both right, started right. doing recording stuff at the same time, but I just obviously... remember you having a lot of chat about it at, at uni, but uh, it was nice. Yeah, because I was a guest on his before, um, and it just wasn't the same. Like I, I don't know if I'm just better as a host. I don't know. I, don't know well, I was thinking I mean. this before when I was listening to some of your episodes. You are a really good host. Oh, you have a real skill for like, I don't know. There's nothing worse than when you listen to a podcast and the person that hosting it talks more than the guest and you're like that's the key that's the key yeah and you're like who i never came on to listen to you i came on to listen to your guest because normally that's what people do uh and there is a few podcasts uh, kicking about that are like that and it's really frustrating and i was listening to you and i thought do you know it's really nice he's listening he's like actively listening which you know is a good actor skill to have as well i see you learned that from the best you know you, you are like and then i was thinking oh god like he should have his own talk show. And then I thought about it, oh, like, you're so charming as a person, Chris, and people just, like, love you. And I just imagine you all dressed up with your glasses and, <laughs> like, quite glamorous. And maybe you could go to America and they'd love you over there because you're Scottish accent. And then I just yep. had this whole vision of you making it in America with your talk show. Uh, so anyway, this is, this is lovely. Like, I mean, you can come back every week for the rest of the time. This is great. Well, maybe worth thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being a co-host, I'll give you a shout. Um, <laughs> right, well, well, on that then, let's talk about you a bit because uh, I, oh, I, I talk too much. Tell me about um, when you wanted to, when you first wanted to be an actor, when you started performing, has it always been something that you've wanted to do? Has, uh, it, has it been a thing since you were wee? Well, uh, I didn't actually really realise that I wanted to be a performer, that um, my gran signed me up to the local youth theatre because she used to babysit me and... She said I'd come down the stairs dressed as someone else every night and do a show for her. And she always talks about the one time um, I was like four and I stayed up till 12 o'clock at night performing the Spice Girls. And I came down dressed as each and every one of the Spice Girls (laughs) and sang a different song every time. And she was like, right, this wee lassie likes performing. So um, the church that my gran went to was attached to a theatre in Buckhaven and Fife and she signed me up but the, the waiting list was was long um, so I eventually got to go when I was six I think 
Um, and I just totally found like my tribe. I yeah. was like, oh my god, like these people are all so weird, like me, and like to show off and play daft <laughs> games and you know perform. So uh, I went there, um, and it was the highlight in my week. Every week, I went. It was a Tuesday. It was a Wednesday night uh, after school, and I went and I loved it. And we did a show. We did two shows a year. Um, nice. Yeah, and it was amazing. And you know, I really. I loved it and then I stayed I stayed until I was like 18 yeah. you know they had a senior youth theater and yeah that's kind of how I discovered that I did want to perform and then actually even when I was there as a teenager I still just liked going to go I didn't want to do it as a job yeah um and then whilst I was there a filmmaker called Andrew Cumming worked there at the time and he said like you know do you want to have a go at like doing some proper acting so he he used to make like films for NHS and you know the local government and stuff Um, and he would sometimes need like actors to be in it so he gave me my first paid job and it was like pretend to be like a sick patient for an NHS corporate training video thing which I loved like being in front of the camera I was just like (laughs) wow like so everyone had been on stage to this point and then he put me in front of the camera and I was like oh my god I love this so yeah so then I don't know one thing led to another I ended up sort of we formed a sort of young company at that theatre and we uh, sort of took things to a higher level and then I decided right, I'm just gonna you know give this a go I did well at school I was really good at like politics modern studies English those sort of subjects nice. so I could have went to uni and did you know politics or law or whatever and I probably would have been all right at it but um I just wouldn't have loved it I don't think so you would have been yeah, good but... at the lawyer thing because you played that in one of our shows Oh, yeah, so I did. Oh, <laughs> God. I was shit in that show. You so weren't. I knew I you were going to say that. I was. It was. Yeah, anyway. Um, I liked playing a lawyer, though. I did think that's fun. And a lot of the TV dramas that I've really enjoyed have been, like, law. Yeah. Yeah. The Good Wife. I don't know if you've ever watched The Good Wife. I've not, but I have heard it's amazing. My oh, mom it's it. really good. I would watch it. And she is fucking amazing. She's so good. Anyway, um, so that's maybe my dream dream role would be to be, oh, like... The good, the- the good wife or like a lawyer maybe the good wife i don't yeah. know uh, yeah maybe but yeah that sort of lawyer kind of badass like going in and um yeah anyway <laughs> or um the lawyer from uh oj the people versus oj simpson oh yeah 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 yeah. he's amazing that would be oh, a dream role yeah. um maybe we're just manifesting here we're just trying to get what we think okay. we're wanting yeah Aye. that's a good idea um so anyway back to your question Youth theatre was basically yeah. how I discovered that I wanted to do it. And then I went to college and got some training. And yeah. And met me. And then their life Aye. has changed forever. Uh, I don't know what my dream role would be. Never really th- well, I have thought about it, but I've never really made that decision. I, mm. I, I think it would be something daft. Like, see something like a like a buddy cop comedy or something that would be... <laughs> really yeah. Cute. Yours would be... I feel like yours would be sort of like fun, zombie... Zombie? Like... Really? like I don't know, I but so. like not Shaun of the Dead, but right. almost that kind of thing. I could see you playing like the cop in that that like somehow manages to like save the day save, okay, accidentally yeah. and eventually gets the girl at the end that he's like <laughs> always been in love with and at the same time manages to kill a few zombies but at, but is just totally lovable and uh I'd take that, yeah. Kinda clumsy and uh, <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's what I'd cast you as. This is all of a sudden becoming like how you really feel about me. Kind of clumsy, <laughs> uh, talks too much, a bit of a pain in the ass. Not so at it's like typecast, big time. Um, tell me about when you were cast in Callum Beatty's music video for uh, oh. Salamander Street because my mum and dad like that song, right? Because they like, you know, like Scottish yeah. art- artists yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then they, obviously that one came on YouTube in one of our like parties or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's, that's Rachel I went to college with. And they were just absolutely blown away by this. They're like, how did she get that? It's amazing. So every time that song comes on, it's always the same. Like, oh, yeah, that's Rachel I went to college with. So tell me the story so I can finally put their minds to ease. Well, I was at college in Edinburgh. So I went to Telford um, and I lived in Leith. And um, a, a filmmaker I know had sort of shared on Facebook a casting call for, <laughs> wait for it, a young prostitute uh to play a young prostitute in a up-and-coming music vid- a scottish singer-songwriter's music video so i did read it and think mm, prostitute sounds a bit dodgy but yeah. you know what i mean I'm, I'm 18 i've moved away from home i can do what i want i'm going to apply for it yeah and so if it's an acting it. job how like how bad is it going to be do you know what i mean like they're yeah. going to protect you in some ways yeah yeah so i applied to it and um i met some of my best friends on that job actually oh, really? so i worked with a uh, with filmmakers, they were called Little City Pictures at the time. It's two brothers, Christopher Cook and Stephen Cook. I know that um, name, Little City Pictures. That rings a bell, yeah. Yeah, so they don't. I don't think they work under that name anymore. But um, Stephen's a really talented um, cameraman, and uh, Chris is like a, a director editor. Um, so anyway, I went and auditioned for them. Well, actually, it was more of a meet. Because uh, I had a showreel actually by that point uh, about the stuff I'd done before, and we had a nice meeting, and then they said like, "Yeah, we think you know you'd be great for it, so let's do it." So um, we filmed in Salamander Street in Leith, where you know what the song's about. We filmed on location, and I was eighteen at the time. I had you know like uh, black short shorts on and high heels, and <laughs> yeah. actually at one point somebody thought I was a real prostitute. Um, well. and and tried to you know um shout me over uh, but obviously i was totally protected by the crew and everybody there so it was fine oh but, you mean um, like they actually like tried to do yeah. the business oh my god well, they didn't come near me but they no i know but like they tried and, to get yeah, out oh my it, god oh yeah uh-huh because it's still it's, it's still an area in edinburgh where that all happens wow. you know and here's me prancing about dressed sort of provocatively yeah. um so that so yeah so I got it through that and I met Callum and Callum's amazing he's so talented and he's really hard working and then actually Callum's asked me to be in other music videos since um nice. so I've been in uh, another one called Easter Road for him um he's going around all the venues <laughs> yeah I know uh, just um and just a wee part in that for him and then I love a music video, by the way. So much fun to film because you get to meet the band, you know, and there's the music yeah. playing. It's a wee bit glamorous. There's always, like, nice makeup involved and stuff, and I just enjoy that. The locations are re- usually really cool. Yeah. Um, I filmed a, a music video for Fathersin, the band, they're a Scottish band as well. Cool. And that was awesome. That was in, like, an old abandoned house somewhere on the west of Scotland. Um, and they were, like, they were like rocking out the song with, like, dust on the drums, and it was all... Yeah, that was really cool. Um, but my friends, uh, <laughs> two filmmaker friends, Scott and Dave, they they make a joke that it's not it's not a Scottish indie 
music video unless Rachel Keeler stars in it. <laughs> I like that. I like Just that. I'd, first uh, music video I did it was for a young Scottish artist as well, and on the day on the day of the shoot, the the artist forgot his guitar. Oh, for God's sake. So we couldn't film any shots of them playing the guitar. So he's just like sitting in the park with no guitar, even though the song has a guitar. And uh, the director and stuff forgot the speakers, so we couldn't hear the music. Right. So we were just doing it a cappella. Great. Love it. You worked with it, though. Yeah, of course. Well, it wasn't, I didn't need to dance or anything, so that was thankfully. But um, I was like a mad so, like, breakup kind of scene. So the thing with Callum's video is, actually, is that so we filmed that back when I was 18, right? So like almost 10 years ago and then the song sort of did quite well and then um you know he went on to do more music and then he got signed by a big label I think Universal and they said to him you have to get rid of all your old stuff we are like starting you from scratch basically you have to re-record everything so he re-recorded Salamander Street had to take the video off YouTube and everything and then it went, it went, got really big. Like, so from how you know it, right? So you know it from like recent years yeah. when it's played on, you know, Clyde One and all that. Of um, but so, but because Callum and the director really liked what we had filmed before, they went out and refilmed all of Callum's bits so that he looks like himself now, but kept all my bits from 18. So, like, when the music video got re-released just a couple of years ago, everyone was messaging me like, "Is this you?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just look really young and fresh because it's like yeah, oh, yeah I've not aged a day in ten years." Mm-hmm. So it was amazing because that's great. You know, not only did I still get to be in the music video, yeah, uh, you know, I was I looked young and great, and uh, <laughs> and got it got that footage didn't have to just get wasted because the the label didn't want That's anything brilliant. that was old they just made it they just freshened it up so they we did Callum's bit so you know I I didn't even have to turn up to set for that uh tell me about when you first uh went to the cinema then if you ever remember the first time all those years ago when you first went to the cinema or even if like if you can think mm. about the first time you you watched the film and you thought this is like my first favorite movie or any early memories you have of watching films yeah do you know I I remember my first trip to the cinema because my auntie and uncle offered to take me and with my big cousins and I think they were going to see Hunchback and Notre Dame when that oh, yeah. came out. Yeah, so yeah. I'm talking, you know, I must have been like four or something. But let's find this out. When I don't remember. nineteen ninety six it came out. Yeah, so I was born in ninety four. Oh my god. There you go. So I was like two and a half or something. Two and a half, right? How do I remember that? <laughs> That's mad. Um, but I do remember it because they came to pick me up, right? And it was total last minute. They must have phoned my mum and said, do you want us to take Rachel to the pictures with the girls? And my mum must have been like, hell yes. Yeah. And I remember my mum being like, you're going to the pictures, get get your clothes on. Da, 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 da. And me just being like, oh, what? What's going on? And yeah. getting clothes shoved on me and getting thrown out the door and being like, bye. <laughs> so it must have been like my mum and dad were like, yes, babysitter. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the door, whereas I actually think I would have been, like, settling down for my tea or whatever at the time. Of course, so aye, aye. That's why I remember it, but I don't remember the film at all. But I do remember going to see Stuart Little. Oh, yeah, nice. And Classic. I think that's the first film I remember seeing in the cinema. Uh, don't know what year that came out. Um, I'll find out now. Uh, 1999. 
Right, yeah. So I mean, I say ninety six for a hunchback, but it doesn't mean that like you went in ninety six. Maybe it was like still in the cinema, you know, a yeah, couple of years later and stuff. Films you know. ran for a bit longer back then as well, didn't Less they? films and stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, so but yeah, so <laughs> I remember getting thrown out of the house at about age three, and yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember the film. But I remember seeing Stuart Little, me, my dad, and my little sister, um, at the Odeon Cinema in Dunfermline, and. It was awesome. Stuart Law was great, man. I, yeah. I remember had the video because it was a second one, and I don't know if you remember these old videos, but it came like if it was like two films in the one cassette box, it was like a bigger case, and yeah. you'd have them too, like in there. Yeah. So like I had that for Stuart Law and a bunch of other ones. So I remember watching that, and it blew my mind years later when I realised that it was. Um, Michael J. Fox, who does the voice, Martin yeah. McFly, and I was like, oh my God, because at that point I'd seen Back to the Future and things, yeah. which is now one of my favourite films ever. And I, I was like, my God. When you make those connections with like yeah. an- animated characters to real human actors that you love and other things, it just, your mind just... Yeah. yeah like, not even animated, it's just like when you find a, like someone's in this. Like, for example, uh, Chris Evans, who is Captain yeah. America, is in the original Fantastic Four film. So like they're making... Oh, yeah. A new Fantastic Four, and they're thinking, "Oh, we're going to get the original cast back," but we can't because now he's Captain no. America, or he was yeah. Captain America, and now he's mm-hmm. moved on and stuff. So, um, I, it's crazy. Four. That's a throwback. Yeah, what you would that would have been mid two thousands anyway. I had that on DVD. That, that came out when I was wee as well. Um, mm-hmm. I so Stuart Little was a good one. Have you, have you watched Stuart Little War Hunchback since then, or is it just? Nah, I don't. I'm probably have watched Stuart Little since. Like, pretty good on a show, River. Yeah, it would actually. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think I've watched Notre Dame, Hunchback and Notre Dame since. I don't think I've ever seen that. I've definitely seen it because I can remember it was quite scary. But, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, Stuart Little was my first film in the cinema that I can remember. And it's, what a lovely film. Such a lovely film and a lovely message. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're obviously at that stage now where River's going to be starting, you know, watching things again. Yeah. You're going to need to go through this like process of what we what we're going to show him, what's going to be his first film and stuff. You know, have you got any in mind that you think this would be a good one, you know, to well, watch? Do you know we're really excited for that stage, and Robbie's been like so excited for the stage of like watching Disney films with him because, of course. It, but he's not quite there yet. So like right now he could maybe watch a wee half episode of Peppa Pig or... <laughs> um... Teletubbies. Is that still a thing? I don't know if Teletubbies is still a thing. So wait, I'll tell you what I had to do. So I am doing <laughs> this thing on YouTube, right? So um, now this is all self-inflicted by the way, right? So this is not like a job I've got. This is, I do this YouTube channel on the side, which you know, which you know and I've done it for years. Um, okay. And not... I used to do it, like, try to put a video, like, every day or two and stuff and really hammer it home. And it's like, I, you get a wee bit of money from it here and there. But nowadays, I'm, part, I'm like, busy and stuff. And I'm doing the podcast and it's, like, video versions. And that's, like, the main thing on the channel, right? But I thought, I'll still do some other things on there, you know, just to kind of keep it active. Uh-huh. And I thought I was doing, like, these reaction videos to movie trailers, songs, things like that, right? Basically just your face watching the telly. Of course, and yeah. that's what you need to do. People love a yeah. reaction video. You just I like do. I enjoy a reaction video. Watch and talk and whatever, right? So I've been doing that for a couple of years, um, and I'd been doing some reactions to some songs. Now I'm not musically inclined at all, right? But anytime I'm trying to talk about a movie, I'll maybe try and make a point and be like, right, okay, this is what I thought, and the, the, those ones get a couple of views because 
you know, maybe other people are fans of the music or fans of the yeah. song and they want to see someone's first reaction to the song. I do that all the time. I'll see reactions of my favorite songs. So I thought a good idea for my, my next series I'm going to do on YouTube is I'm going to react to every number one song, mm. right, that has ever happened since I was born, mm-hmm. right? It'll be like the, the songs of my life, the, mm-hmm. the, the what, what's it, what am I calling it? music of my lifetime or something like that right so every okay. so it like started with um the 20th of august 1997 the day i was born uh will smith men in black was the number one song in the charts so oh, reacted song. to that and then what song knocked that one off the top spot that's the next one and then that's the next one boom, boom right. and we're gonna go through them all week by week right so we get to like late 97 or something and the number one song that was there for about six weeks was the teletubbies theme song right Hi. Why was that number one? I don't know. And I, I was going to skip it. it. You know what I mean? I was going to be like, I don't need it. It's not a real song. Do you know what I mean? And then I thought, well, isn't that absolutely hilarious? <laughs> like, well, what if I react to the Teletubbies theme song? I remember <laughs> Bob the Builder. That's it too. That being number one at one point because Westlife or one of the boy bands were raging that Bob the Builder yeah, yeah. put them to number one. And I don't know if it was... To do with like kids buying CDs at the time, or what would it sort of cause that? I think like you say, it's a bit mad, but yeah, it would have been that I think because obviously like tape cassettes were big at the time. Aye, and I, I remember like take my mum would take me to a toy shop and I would get like the latest kids songs and stuff. It yeah. was like Bob the Builder and the Tweenies and things like that. Um, but would that like be the sole reason to knock someone like Boyzone or Busted or something like that off mm-hmm. the top spot? That's crazy to me. I know. But so, also a bit brilliant. Aye. I just, I mean, I, I, no one could tell me otherwise. I was like, I'm going to react to the Teletubbies theme song. And then, like, um, what are they oh, Teletubbies. No. Yeah, say hello. 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 <laughs> That's it, right. Dipsy, la, la, po. Aye. That's it. I mean, it was a great best. tune. No, the best theme tune. Not the best of all time. Um, no. Nah. There are some better ones. Kids shows are different though because you need something that's going to keep the, the child entertained and the attention. You know what Aye, I mean? It needs well, to be as simple as that. Like the Bob the Builder one, I think that was number one too. So I'm going to need to do that reaction. That's a far yeah. better song. Bob the Builder, can we fix it? That's Bob it. the Builder, yes we can. We you can, can kind of understand why that, because at least at part, kids' parties and that, everybody would be like, Bob the Builder. And it's a tune, you know? It's a bit yeah. of a tune. Um, yeah. But Teletubbies know so much. Yeah. Um, but no, what I was going to say was, River's not really at the stage of even, we can, he's not interested in watching a full episode of a kid's of course program. Not, no. He'd rather wreck my living room you know <laughs> or find things that he's not supposed to touch and try and put them in his mouth or whatever so yep. i would love for him just to sit and watch a full episode of whatever but he's quite he's not quite there yet um what he does like is there's you know for any parents out there who might be listening there is a great video on youtube or a couple of videos hey bear sent baby sensory dancing vegetables oh that sounds and good it's basically high contrast vegetables like pineapples, avocados, tomatoes, dancing to like salsa music. And, uh, you know, one tomato will come on and shake it shimmy and then another one will join that. And it's quite like mesmerising. And he literally just sits in front of the tail like... So when it's Robbie... funny, it just like gets something that totally engrosses them. Uh-huh. So like, and sometimes when I've got River on my own, I need those dancing vegetables to 
take his attention for two minutes so that I can go to the toilet or I can hang out a wash in or you know yeah. do whatever I need to do um so the dancing vegetables on YouTube is where we're at at the moment um but yeah in terms of watching kids films um that'd be really nice I'm really excited yeah to that sounds good that is an exciting point isn't it like mm-hmm. going through all those Disney films again and going um, to the cinema and yeah yeah my wee cousin when he was we you should put on George Ezra and he would be mesmerised by George Ezra. I don't know why. Really? Yeah. People say I look like him a wee bit. I was going, I'm trying to find a segue into this film, but I don't know if George Ezra oh, has anything to do with Canto. that. Oh, I've got one. Go for it. The reason I picked it um, was because I was trying to get River to watch it with me. Okay. Because I love uh, Disney films. And do you know what? I really loved... What was the one that just came out before Encanto? That was about like uh, jazz music. Oh, uh, Soul. Soul, yeah, I love Soul. The show that came out when I was pregnant, and I loved that, and I watched that a couple of times. The music was great, and then Encanto came out, and people were like, "There's a new Disney film on," and I was like, "Yes!" And then I was like, "Right, get River to watch it. He'll sit and watch it because he'll like all the colours and stuff." Anyway, he didn't, and me and Robbie <laughs> watched it when he was in bed. But um, yeah, I thought that he might have watched it with me, and that's why. And when you asked me to do this podcast and talk about films I've seen recently. I hadn't really seen much films recently because I'm so tired at night. I literally just go yeah. to my bed or I watch one episode of something on Netflix and then go to sleep. So or it was between Encanto and A Quiet Place 2. Oh, yeah. Because um, me and Robbie went to see A Quiet Place 2 at the cinema. Uh, whenever, you know, you could do that again, that felt like an exciting thing to do, so we went and did that. Um, but Encanto was sort of fresh on my mind, so that's why I picked it. Good shout. It's a great film. Um, and I loved it as well. Well, what happened with the Simpsons movie? You said that to me as well. Well, because I love the Simpsons. Like, I love the Simpsons too. I'm yeah, such a that. Simpsons fan. Like I used to watch it six o'clock on the telly. Every Sky night. One. Uh huh. Like Channel Four. I still watch it to this day. And I'm no. I think I've seen every single episode up until the brand new ones on Disney Plus. I just think it's nice to have it on the background. And then when they made the Simpsons movie, me and oh, my yeah. sister were so excited. Like, went to the pictures to see it and stuff. And um, I just love the Simpsons. And so then I thought, maybe I should talk about that because then, like, you know, it'll give me stuff to talk about. But uh, you said, go win, Caranto. So here we are. <laughs> so it's my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. You said that, so let's do it. <clears throat> I love the Simpsons as well. Do you have a favourite Simpsons episode that you can rattle off? Oh, because mm. it's, it's hard. Why I say that is because there's so many, and yeah. a lot of them just blend together. You know what I mean? Um, One that sticks out for me is "I am evil, Homer." <laughs> I am evil, Homer. Or um, there's one when Marge gets really drunk at like a tennis fancy tennis club thing. Yeah, I remember that one. And makes a tattoo out of herself and it's all it's all it's actually all homer's fault because he's really shit husband or something always is always is. and um anyway so this just come to mind yeah i love that the simpsons but, is a is definitely a comfort show you know yeah. those shows that you can just put on um, yeah some people like, don't like it or it annoys them and i just think what what's annoying you about it like it's so unannoying yeah, I think maybe maybe the voices, you know, maybe the fact they're quite high pitched, especially okay. Marge's. I don't know, but um, yeah, I've heard that argument before, but it doesn't annoy me. It I doesn't annoy me whatsoever. And there is so many, and then they put them all on Disney Plus. 
Yeah. Like, how do you get so like twenty six seasons? I know. It's mad, man. Well, when I'm struggling for something to watch or yep. I need some background noise, that's what goes on in the Simpsons. Simpsons is a choice. Love that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Encanto is this brand new Disney film, and I was late to the party a wee bit because everybody was watching it and chatting about how great it was and stuff. And do you know, I think I chatted about this with Andrew Moon a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about Shrek and how it was like a game-changing film. And I was like, it's, it's such a game-changing film because now you get four or five great Disney films a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. so many really good ones that have all this, you know, the, the Disney proper great message and the nice writing and the songs and the beautiful colours and stuff. Um, so like Soul, as you mentioned, there was mm-hmm. Coco, there was mm-hmm. Luca, The Good Dinosaur, there was Wreck-It Ralph 2, there was Frozen 2, there was Tangled. Yeah. So many things, and then Encanto's the latest one, yeah. And uh, it is so full of like these deep meanings, and uh, again, all these lovely big colors, as you said, for uh, for River, yeah. which may, by the way, it should be a, a thing like if you should keep trying to show me every like few months to oh, well. see is this the moment, like yeah. is this the moment he's going to sit down and watch a film? Uh, what did you think of it? Did you, did you, did you like it? Did you find it funny? Yeah, I really liked it. I actually found it quite sad at points, like especially in the moment where the grand sort of has that revelation that, you know, the way the, the families all kind of got their issues and it's kind of come from her and her anxieties and stuff. And like when she had to flee from her home with the triplets, I was like, oh yeah. my God. Like, you know, I've just had one baby. I can't imagine having three at the same time. <laughs> then your husband getting killed in front of you and then oh having to God. bring them up on your own. And then it turns out you're magic and having to like navigate all of that. Uh, like well women for a start exactly. um, but I just loved like you say the colours and the songs and you know it's in you know it's it's a culture that I guess I don't know much about or don't yeah. you know associate myself with so it was different and all the characters were kind of yeah they all had their flaws as well which I really liked and just like the songs are like so gachy Songs are great. Um, I mean, we don't talk about Bruno. I was thinking about that, like, how are we going to talk about this film if we can't talk about Bruno? I know. Um, I, the music, isn't it funny about these Disney films, how the music just totally, either, it's not going to make or break it because there's never bad Disney songs. Yeah. But it's like when it's a really great soundtrack, it just takes up that next level. Yeah. You know, like there's so many good Disney films with those brilliant songs. And then, know? like, We Don't Talk About Bruno was number one. Did it get to number one in the UK? Did it? Yeah. Oh, yes, man. We can re- react to that on the YouTube channel. Yeah. It was, it was number one. on. Re- I was listening to Radio 1 and it was like, we don't talk about Bruno. And it was it definitely, I don't know if it maybe was just for a week or what, but yeah. it definitely was number one. Um, and the other song, what was the other one? Uh, the Family Madrigal, maybe? Yeah. The first one. Welcome to the Family Madrigal. That's so, oh, it's so catchy, isn't it? It's so catchy. I actually prefer that to We Don't Talk About Bruno. And I think it's because We Don't Talk About Bruno has been kind of overplayed now. It's okay. not quite frozen territory, but... No, no, don't be daft. Um, it's been it's been quite overplayed, I would say, on the radio. So Family Madigral is my favourite. I mean, Let It Go from Frozen is so overplayed that I'm starting to prefer the song from the second one. What was it called? In it, the Unknown? Yeah. Like, I'm starting to like that what a, tune. I'm a terrible then, singer. I don't know why I'm singing on the podcast. You are not a terrible singer. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you sing uh, on stage and everything. You're great. No. Um, I can't <laughs> sing. Not you. No, but uh, what was I going to say about that song? 
uh, before you gave me that beautiful rendition. Uh, aye, there was a, there was a, and like the post credit scene, there's nothing a post credit scene, it's a song in the credits, it's like a cover of it by uh-huh. Panic at the Disco, maybe? Um, so cool. Was a Fall Out Boy, maybe it's Panic at Disco. And it's really good. It's yeah. like an actual decent song they could probably release. But that yeah. Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, oh my God, how many home runs is he going to hit? You know what I, I mean? Know. I know. Um, totally. He's just it's hitting just... out one hit after the other. So good, so good. Um, yeah, so I, I sing the songs quite a lot. And then my nephews come around and they go, Alexa, play We Don't Talk About Bruno. And then, you know, we're all we're all like in the kitchen dancing to it. So, um, Sorry to everybody who's listening who has an Alexa. I want just kind of, I know. Uh, everybody's went up there. Uh, <laughs> I can't, I, when these films come on, I'm always blown away by one, how they always think of new characters and new storylines that are always like deep down, there's actually these proper messages involved. And yeah. also how they come up with the, the songs and stuff. Like, where do they find new beats and, and new tunes and stuff that they can create these songs around? I know it's obviously musical geniuses and stuff. Yeah. But there's so many of them, you know, know. with so many good tunes. And like you say, like Disney are pumping out like the absolute right? belters like all the time now. It's not just like one a year, it's like a couple, and it's so much talent. Um, yeah. blows my mind that yeah like you say that the tunes are so catchy and yet it's beautiful animation and yeah. it's a great story and it's well written and it's all of it it's just uh, stunning 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 uh, the, I was always so sad I say always I've just watched it like a couple weeks ago but um, it made me really sad that when like the whole thing about Mirabelle Mirabelle not getting well, she gets and get like the gift or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. obviously, I knew what was going to happen. It's like this redemption story and stuff. But I did think that was a bit in your face, like yeah. uh, a child not getting something and everybody else does. Like I did think yeah. that was a bit much. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you feel really bad for her, don't you? Yeah. Um, and she's trying to hold it together, bless her, and pretend that it doesn't bother her, but it really does. And, she's um, she's good at it, you know. She's trying to hold it together, trying to hold back the tears, trying to balance everything. I know, bless her, and but you know. She's yeah. She gets. It's funny because like you, you think I was thinking like if I was to have the, one of the magic powers, what would it be? Oh yeah, good question. And I don't actually know because in the film as well, they're all slightly flawed as well. So like, you know, you've got the strong one who actually, you know, is feels actually quite vulnerable when. Um, an emotional wreck. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> and then you've got the one that changes like identities and all that and it's like i don't know and then there's a, the the flower power sister yeah. talking she, to animals there's that one ah uh, that would be quite nice but then oh, could you imagine but what I, what am i gonna say do you know I what know, i mean <laughs> every dog that you pass on the street yeah i don't know if i'd want that power <laughs> don't know if you know, but people go. always ask you that, don't they? Like, what what power would you use? I don't know. Like, what what are you allowed to do? What's a gift? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I would say I'm quite a people pleaser, and so the mum who can heal people with food and stuff, I would probably like to do that because I feel like I would enjoy that. Yeah, agreed. I like that too. But then it's like the whole mind reading thing. Would you want to read people's minds to see what they think about you? No. You know. Nah, I already care too much about what people think, what yeah. I think they think of me. So if I actually knew what they thought of me, I would be a total mess. <laughs> <laughs> More of a mess than I already am. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I do love this film. So then the next thing that I'm going to start, I've not actually done this to anybody yet, but this is obviously the Good Bit podcast, right? Yes. Um, I thought I could like 
question or like segment we could do is like this is the good bit, but what is the best bit of this film? Oh, and that a good idea, or is that is that a bit pretentious? I don't know. Um, no, I think you're called the good bit, so you have to say like what what is the best bit, bit of yeah. yeah. You know? Um, so I know it might be quite hard to remember right off the top of your head, but do you have a bit that you were like that's my favorite? Is it that you already mentioned about the whole kind of redemption of the mum or or what? Yeah, that was definitely a big a big moment for me was um when she was sitting looking at the three babies and they were just sleeping and she was just like, What am I gonna do? Yeah. Um but I don't know if that's my favourite bit. I really like the opening actually when Yeah, me too. Singing, you know, the family Madagra and there's all the little kids chasing her up the street and saying, But what's your magic power? And you know, she's she's ducking and diving away and Everyone in the town's out and so colourful and there's so much going on and you're like, woo, yeah. that's a really nice, like, <laughs> feel-good uh, bit. I like yeah. that. I also liked um, when you finally get to meet Bruno. Yeah, me too. I think, what, what did you make of Bruno? I thought he was really funny. Like, yeah. every, I think everybody knows someone like him, right? That's like a total klutz, you know? Yeah. And people have kind of, I think it's a bit harsh. They've just banished him and he's actually just living behind the kitchen or whatever it is, but... Uh, aye, it looks a bit like I don't know if you've watched Ozark before, but uh, on on Netflix. But it looks like uh, the brother Ben, Ben, Ben. I think it's his name right. from Ozark, and it just reminded me of him. Um, and that final season, by the way, of Ozark's come back. That's one I'd recommend if you're okay. looking for a new show to watch. So oh, there's three seasons one. that are ten episodes, and then season four, which is the final season, is split in half. So it's like seven each, and the the last one's about to come on. So is it on that would be my recommendation. Netflix, aye. No. Cool. I don't know if you're, if, if, as you say, you're always dead tired stuff. I'm the same, like trying to get to the point of the day where it's like time just for bed. But um, I do like to try and keep on top of stuff, but there's too much to watch these days. You oh know my what I mean? Oh, God, it's overwhelming. And I want to watch old stuff too that I've not seen before. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, as you said, was it the, did you say The Good Wife? Good Doctor? Good Wife. The Good Wife. Good yeah. Doctor's also a show. Um, but yeah. The cool. Good Wife's quite bingy. Like, you want to know what happens next. They sort of always leave it on a bit of a cliffhanger and you're like, oh, I'll just watch See. the next episode then. See, I'm much more of a film guy where I just like to watch it and it's like, I've seen it and it's done. You yeah. know what I mean? But because yeah. I'm very guilty of, okay, I'll just put on the next episode, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Aye. Well, Danny, what's the <laughs> thing? Because that's what you do. Well, good luck with that. Uh, <laughs> well, this film, I didn't even, I didn't even realise this. This one, Best Animated Feature Film at the Oscars this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, obviously, I did watch the Oscars like everybody else did this year. What did you make of that? Jeez, oh. The slap. Aye. I know, it's a shame, isn't it? Because I think it sort of took away from, <laughs> you know, the actual awards, really. The rest so, of like, the day, every, yeah. Everybody that won an award and whatnot didn't really get the recognition for that because it wasn't really celebrated because everybody was looking at... Um, at that, I don't know. Yeah. I think like, uh, I don't know. I, I tried not to like rewatch it because I was like, I don't want to give this like the, you know, the sort a bit of much, wasn't it? Hits on YouTube and all <laughs> that. It was just that. I was just that mental. Glamorizing that. I I love Will Smith. He's like one of my favorites and like one of my favorite like personalities and stuff he's someone that i would always look at as like a hero or whatever like an idol to kind of be like yeah um so when you see these things happen it's like what are you supposed to do you're supposed to like take sides because clearly like on chris rock's behalf like i don't think he did anything wrong really um and i thought it was a bit of an over-exaggeration but we don't know the whole story and it's just crazy and 
like you say, like I really like Will Smith and like I think he's an amazing actor and all of that. And then there's this like whole thing about like cancel culture and like people fuck up and people make mistakes and you know, does somebody deserve to be totally cancelled? But they also need to be held accountable for their actions. And I think that like, yeah, just cancelling someone isn't helpful. No. But there has to be consequences, especially for people in positions of power, you know, and I. So I don't really have much to say about it, but I think, um, yeah, let's not. Maybe let's not cancel them, but (laughs) let's hold them accountable. And I think there is, like, I think the Oscars have said that they're banning them for... For 10 years. Yeah, for 10 years. (laughs) That's a bit much. Um, But yeah, no, I, I know. Um, the whole cancel culture, and I mean, he won, he won best actor, like the greatest yeah. moment of his professional career. Yeah, and overshadowed that. Totally overshadowed. I'm, I mean, I thought he deserved the Oscar. Like the, I loved the film. He was in King Richard. Yeah, totally recommended. Great film. Oh. Um, and I, it's, it's about like Serena and Venus Williams, yeah. the tennis sisters, and it's like it's not even about them when you go to see it. It's all about him and stuff, which is he's a, he's brilliant in it. Um. So I was very happy when it, and then Coda, which won Best Picture, I was yeah. over the moon for because I thought that was a great film too. And obviously, you ha- these other things like yeah, the Power of the Dog was the big one that was chatted about, and we talked about it on the podcast as well. We said we just weren't that big of a fan of it; it was a bit slow. And but all the individual awards it was getting were kind of merited because, like Benedict Cumberbatch was up for like Best Actor, and that was kind of understandable. But then like it was like Best Lighting, Best Production Design, and stuff, and all of them kind of made sense. Mm-hmm. And then they all added up, and it got had like that film had like eleven nominations or something. So right. everyone was like, "Oh, this is going to win everything," you know. So when other films like Will Smith for King Richard yeah. and the Coda, the film about like the the deaf girl and the deaf family, sorry, and um, won something that's like refreshing, you know. But yeah. then the issue is, all that was kind of overshadowed by this one incident. Yeah. So that shows you I, the film we're talking about today. I had no idea that it fucking won the thing. So. Well, exactly. So, Aye. true to the point, doesn't it? Uh, brilliant. What have you got coming up? Have you got anything that uh, you're, you're doing acting-wise or have you now been taken over as a full-time mum to the point where you're not able to get outside and be a, an actor anymore? <laughs> no, I mean, I have worked since having River. Um, I've, I have been back into that tomorrow. I did a Christmas show. Um, it was lovely to be back out working and it was just, it was a little sort of family Christmas show so it was only 45 minutes long it meant that like I was only at the house for you know a couple hours in total it was perfect for you know having still having a baby at home of course that sounds good yeah Um, so that was lovely I think having a child sort of makes you a little bit more picky about what kind of work you want to do or sort of with your time anyway your time's more precious so there's been a couple of jobs you know know that I've been bloody knocking back all the offers but I just mean and because I do a drama facilitation as well and I teach um there's been a few jobs where I think actually you know I've not got the time for that or that acting job isn't paying enough yeah I'm not doing it or I'm not traveling to wherever for you know and so I have been a bit more picky and so probably haven't worked as much but the jobs that I have done I've really enjoyed and have been you know they've paid me what properly and I, I just think you get to a point don't you where you kind of have to know your own worth and of course I, I'm such a people pleaser and certainly before the pandemic I was working like seven days a week and I was doing x y and z and I was working on a million different projects and I loved being busy but a lot of the time I was like I'm saying yes to stuff because you know you feel like you need it 
I rather than actually what do I want to do so having a child sort of has helped me put that into perspective a wee bit so I'm working on a project now with Stella Quine Theatre Company um, and Fife we are running feminist youth theatre um, for young girls and non-binary folk um, brilliant and tell um, us about that tell us about yeah uh, so it's it's for um 14 to sort of 20 year olds um but we're but excitingly we are going to do i don't know if i can say this but we're going to do a younger group next year as well so i'm going to be heading up that and um yeah we've got more funding so there's nothing really happening in fife um if it's not a sort of private dance school or amateur musical dramatic association <laughs> then there's nothing that's free or or um feels like you know more more drama or more yeah that sort of thing so rachel j morrison actor uh, actor artist who um whose baby is young queens um sort of she's from fife as well just up, up the road from where i I'm from had kind of said to Jemima Levick when she was running Stella Quines, look, there's nothing happening in Fife and I've got an idea and I want to make yep. it happen. And so Jemima and Stella Quines supported her to put in a big funding application to Creative Scotland and then they got the money during the pandemic and then um, we started last August, September time and it's been really hard because we had obviously Omicron come back and we had to shut down and start up again and whatever, but we're getting there now and yep. so we're yeah we're running weekly sessions in Fife um right now we've got Mel Jordan who who you know Chris um yeah. clown Mel uh, we work for her at Surge remember um course, she yeah. she's in uh, the now running running sort of movement and clown workshops for the young people so it's really nice because I'm getting to like sort of remember her work and yeah. you know what it's like when you're running a group yourself and you get a visiting artist and it's like yeah she gets sort of like learn again yeah see their Um, point of view and stuff uh so that's nice so i'm actually doing that tonight um great email tonight and yeah so that's really nice i love working in fife where where i'm from and feel like sort of um i'm really passionate about that there there should be more stuff going on here you feel like you're making a difference doesn't exist anymore oh really no, the, the theatres, you know, it's nothing's happening in it, it's going to waste, it's such a shame. So I think once I've sort of more on my feet and, you know, River's maybe at nursery or whatever, my sort of next step would be to start up more stuff in this area. Um, and in terms of acting, I'm just, you know, I've still got my agent and stuff and they've been really great, you know, when we're having the baby and everything and just doing the jobs that I can. I'm not going to be going down to London for an audition for... You know, that's it. something that I didn't even really want to do. It'll just be like what I really want to do, and um, and and also focusing on um sort of facilitation work. And before the pandemic, I was actually getting into directing and had a few assistant directing gigs that went really well, and I loved that. Were you directing then, a panto or something? Or did you write a panto? Were you in a panto? Um, no, I was working with Drew Taylor. On oh, yes. Show. I was his assistant director and we did a Scottish tour of his play, Thick Skin Elastic Car, and that was amazing. And then I worked with the Tron, a young company, and I was assistant director for them. Actually, that's something that needs to be better in, Scot- in Scotland is assistant directors need to be getting paid to work because otherwise it's just, you know, folk like me who are working class and have kids and whatnot won't 
won't be, be in the industry because we can't afford to be uh, giving up our time for for free in order to get that experience. So I think I'll, I'll, I will try and get back more into directing when I can, but right now it doesn't feel accessible or doable with yeah. a child. And yeah, so who knows? We'll see. Look at this, like very grown up conversation we're having. I know, isn't it? we're maybe talking about Canto <laughs> and you know, we don't talk about Bruno and here's me like putting the world to rights. I knew it would turn into this. Maybe that's when the hidden message of Encanto is, you know, like everyone maybe has a gift, but if you don't find it, then you can't put it right. Well, yeah, or you can, yeah. <laughs> I can just uh, hear, I don't know what it is, but I don't know if you can hear that, but okay, you're in. I can hear, I think I can hear madness being played and a lot of banging, so I don't know what they're up to down there, but they're having a good time. Is that in your house or is that Yeah, it's neighbor? Robin River in the kitchen. Right. <laughs> I told them to be quiet because I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> I was like, that's like your cue to go, like, we need you down here. We need you I'm literally down. hearing them having a mini disco in the kitchen. Right, well, I'll let you get back to your boys, but tell the people where they can get you on social media. You're on Twitter, Instagram, things like that? Uh, I'm on Twitter, at Rachel Keeler. Easy one to remember. Yeah, um, my Instagram's kind of private for right. family and friends, pictures of my child. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, but I, 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 I follow Instagram. you on there. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> <laughs> aye. So, hi, that's me. Um, thanks for having me, Chris. No, you're welcome. Thank you. We're saying thanks to me. You're doing me a favour being here. Thanks very much for your time. I greatly appreciate it. It's lovely to see your face. So and lovely to see you. I'll... Uh, see everybody in the next episode hopefully you enjoyed and we appreciate you listening and downloading see you next time folks take care of yourselves and we'll catch you out down the road <laughs> cheerio